Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Mosaic, the stories of real estate. We have a great episode today. Brian Self, a real estate agent located in Denver, Colorado, licensed in North Carolina and Florida, is going to be our guest, and we are looking forward to a great show. Well, hello, everyone. Thanks for joining me on Mosaic, the stories of real estate. I am coming to you from the beautiful Rogue Media Network studios in downtown Waco, Texas, and it's in the Alico building. Now, now, if you're a fan of uh, the, the um, Fixer Upper and the gains and silos, and or if you've been to Waco, you know the building I'm in. It's that beautiful building with the red letters Alico on top. And uh, so I can look, obviously, across the silos, and I'm, and I'm looking across my beloved Baylor and McLean Stadium, where uh, hopefully uh, we'll see some, some wins this year. But uh, my name is Mike Nelson. I am the CEO of Efficient Lending Incorporated, a mortgage company licensed in Colorado, Florida, and the beautiful state of Texas. And we have got an exciting episode for you today. Um, and, and we're in the middle of our series called Perspectives from the Past. And, you know, I was, I was sitting, sitting, you know, working in my business here, oh, uh, oh, a couple weeks ago, really candidly, listen, everybody knows it's a tough market right now, but I was trying to come up with some really unique and innovative ways to, uh, to generate more business, to grow my company, my mortgage company. And candidly, I kind of get tired and burned out on it. And I'm thinking there's got to be a different way. And so I started thinking, you know, what do I love? about real estate. And really, it's, it's, it's the generational wealth, it's legacy, it's building homes, it's being part of an industry that really has kind of defined and, and helped grow the American landscape. And so I was thinking, there are great stories that need to, need to be told. And I immediately thought, well, I know a bunch of real estate agents who have been doing this for a long time, a long, long time. And I've got one of those real estate agents, a good friend of mine, Brian Self, uh, with me here today, and yeah, now uh, now Brian, uh, welcome welcome on. We're glad to have you. Say hello. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. So now, uh, obviously, Brian, my my kind of uh, series that we're doing on perspectives of the past. So I think I've dated you. Obviously, you're not a young guy. Uh, you're younger than me, but but you didn't you you didn't just start. So. So Brian, kind of, if you, if you would, just share a little bit about uh, how you and I first connected and, and what you're doing in real estate and where you started, because it's a great story. I, of course, know it, but uh, share us a little bit uh, about kind of where you started and how you got into this game. Well, um, I started um, I started in the in the real estate sphere uh, 27 years ago um, as a I started in your in your world as a mortgage broker. Yeah, and. Uh, Quite honestly, Mike, I hated it. I hated the business, but I did it for 15 years. 
And so when I got out, uh, I was beating my head up against the wall, like, okay, what am I going to do now? I was almost 40 years old. And I'm like, what am I going to do when I grow up? And so I decided, you know what, I think I'm going to, I think I love punishment enough where I'm going to get my real estate license. And so I got licensed uh, in February of 2012. And uh, I've been uh, playing this game now for about 11 years, going on 12 years uh, on the real estate side. And I love it. And uh, so you and I met, I think maybe five, six years ago. And uh, I came and did a presentation uh, on one of my products that I do a rent to own program. And but, by um, the way, uh, by the way, Brian, I love your rent to own program. It's a great program. Yeah. So, so let's yeah, touch and, and on that in just a little bit, but c continue on. Sorry for interrupting you. No, you're, you're fine. And you're my biggest advocate uh, yeah. for, for, for rent to own. So yeah. um, you get it. So anyway, uh, you and I met six or seven years ago, five, six years ago, something like that. Um, it seems like we've known each other forever. That's it why does. I can't remember the exact date. Yeah. But um, you, there was an office there. I don't remember how many people were there. Maybe six, seven, eight uh, uh, other loan officers were there. And you were the only one to reach back out and say, hey, let's talk some more. And uh, you and I struck up a friendship. Uh, we have a similar, uh, you know, uh, similar worldview. Yeah. And uh, we hey, connected Brian, on that. Brian, get yes. into it. What's our worldview? Don't, don't be bashful. Share it. <laughs> uh, we're both conservatives. We're both Christians. Uh, we both uh, have a perspective that uh, the things that we do um, reflect uh, upon our relationship with Christ. Yeah, and um, that's that's kind of that's what what our worldview is. And we connected on that. And uh, just something about your passion for for numbers and my passion for real estate just made a good uh, uh, made a good connection and a good friendship. And we 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 talk. You know, outside of business and stuff like that, we talk about some different things. And, and, uh, but that's kind of how you and I, uh, kind of connected and we've stayed connected. You're kind of a, you're, I, I thought about this earlier. You're kind of a numbers geek and I'm kind of a real estate geek and together <laughs> we make it happen. So that, that's funny. Yeah. Geek. I've, I've been called that before. Um, let's, but, but let's move on from that because that's not going to be good for either of us. But, uh, so, so you said you got into this game 27 years ago. So selling mm -hmm. mortgages. So give me a, yeah. give me a year on that. It, what, what, what's the math on that? Well, you know, I started in 19, this is, I started in the mortgage business even before I was married. Um, tw uh, so 1995, um, I, I was in college in 90, uh, 94, 95. Um, I, um, uh, I started in the business just as a, um, I, I just started as a telemarketer. Uh, I had a buddy of mine who I went to church with that owned a mortgage company. And he said, Hey, call through these lists of, of people and try and get people to refinance. And so I started doing that. And, um, <laughs> pretty soon I, I was I got pretty good at uh, just on the telemarketing side, just connecting with people. That's what it's all about, and um, started learning a little bit more about the business. My brother um, uh, left that company, and him and another guy started another company. He called me and said, "Hey Brian, come come join me at this new company." So I started it part time. Uh, I had met my wife, we got engaged, and a month after we were married, I went full time in the mortgage business. And um, it's it led me to, to, to Florida. We spent a, we had a stint in in Florida um, back when we were first married. Uh, we we were in the Jacksonville area, and um, then we moved back here to Colorado. And I put my hand to the plow and and I just did that for until um, I closed my last deal, Mike, in in uh, February of 2011. Wow! And wow! I hated. I just hated it. I was just what, so discouraged. What did you hate about it? 
Well, you know, it was right at the time where Dodd Frank came into effect. Yep. yep. And um, just, you know, I wasn't, it was so difficult to place a loan. If you didn't, at, the, at that time, if you didn't have like, you know, excellent credit and, you know, very little uh, loan to value, stuff like that, it was very, very, very difficult to get a loan. And uh, I was just beating my head up against the wall. The last deal that I did, just so you know, was a guy. So I was working part time at, at the airline at the airport, working for SkyWest Airlines. It was an operations. That was the funnest job I've ever had outside of outside of real estate. Yeah, it was the funnest job I ever had. And so, but I was working with a guy there. He's the only I spell my name uniquely. You know this. I spell my name B R Y O N. Yep. So when people look at it, it looks like Byron. Well, I worked with a guy who's the only person that I've met outside of my uncle, who I was named after. He's the only one outside of that that spelled his name just like me. And so this guy had been on his job for 30 years. Um, he had a, the house that he was refinancing. He was putting a little cash out, but it was a 50% loan to value. Um, he had uh, more than six months in the bank, um, and his credit score was over 800. It took me two and a half months to get that deal done, and I made $900 on the deal. And I was just like, ah, this is ridiculous. I can't keep doing this. So, and so, okay. So, hang on a second. So, you started in '95, and then in yep. two th- for for people who don't know, so the Dodd Frank uh, legislation that Brian's talking about is is the outgrowth of the mortgage uh, financial crash in 2008, and. So everybody out there, if you're interested in kind of knowing what what that is about, watch a movie called The Big Short, and uh, you'll get an idea about it. Now, um, there's some language and things like that. So for my audience out there that's got some younger ears, you 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 know you may want to check that out. But but so you, Brian, 1995. Tell me about the technology you were using in 1995 compared to the <laughs> compared to the technology that you use today. Well, when you when you walked in, you had these gerbils that you had to put in your thing, and he put on the he, he put so, on the uh, on the circle to get everything going. No, it was it was nothing, nothing, nothing like what it is now. I thought it well, we were something when uh, when we were able to import the credit report directly into the yeah. mortgage software. Yeah, that was big time for us, man. That was huge. Yeah. So were you were you actively using self? You weren't using social media. You 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 weren't using MLS listings online, things of that nature. So all of your work all of your work was done with paper files, correct? With all paper files. As a matter of fact, like we were approved with, uh, we were we were uh, we were a brokerage. We were approved with probably maybe twelve to fifteen lenders, and every day we would get faxes with the rate sheets. Faxes. Every single day. Yep. And we had we'd have clipboards. That we put up in our office, and um, uh, we would we would we wanted to price out a loan. We'd have to go to that clipboard. We'd look at the clipboard and 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 do it old school. It's so it, right. So so the speed of which with which you were doing business and the service to your customers. You started as a lender. It was nowhere there. So so fast fast. So you went through the uh, Y two K. Right. You went through the financial yep. crash in two thousand eight. Uh, which which destroyed uh, real estate, and uh, that was a housing bubble, and, and we know that values and homes and everything went down. And then you went through the 2012. You're getting into Dodd Frank, and, and so I came into this business right after Dodd Frank was implemented. So you make a decision to go be a real estate agent. So in 2012, in 2008, one of the big big thing. My brother-in-law, he's going to be on this podcast as well. He he's been doing this longer than longer than you. But he remembers living through the time periods when 
the internet was coming out and everybody was saying that real estate agents would go away because homes would be purchased completely online. And so you're coming into your real estate career kind of when that energy is out there, if, if I'm remembering correctly. Do I have that right? Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. Absolutely. Walk, walk me through how you started in, in 2012 and, and kind of give, give us some stories and things about how you started to grow your real estate business and and started this yeah. passion. Absolutely. So, um, like I said, I did my last deal in February of 2011, and it was almost 40 years old. My birthday's in June, so I was approaching my 40th birthday. And uh, this was in 20. That was in 2011, and um, a couple of years before, um, we had. Uh, if, I don't know, Mike, if you've ever seen the show, flip this house yeah. on A and E. Sure. Started with a guy in South Carolina. Uh, there was a contract dispute. All right, so they did first. They did two seasons in South Carolina as a contract dispute, and A and E said, "You know what? We're going to go to other cities." And so they did one in San Antonio, Texas. They did some one another one somewhere else. But then they did a they did a couple of years in um, Connecticut, in Hartford, Connecticut, and um, there was a guy by the name of Than Merrill, and uh, his be his two best friends or his best friend Paul's agent and Paul's brother JD um, were on the show, and so we uh, me and another buddy of mine we watched this show, and he and I were were kind of like you know just like I told you before we're real estate geeks, and so we loved the show, and we're like, man, that'd be so cool if we could do that with buddies. You know, we're just flipping houses and doing this and that. And so one time, one week, Sam uh, was in town uh, speaking at a at a real estate uh, investors uh, 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 seminar, something like that. So we went in, went and saw him, and um, he has this program about uh, flipping houses. And we're like, you know what? Let's do this. So we, my buddy and I, we partnered up, and and we started. I started uh, a, a real estate investment firm, and uh, so then fast forward to 2011, did my last real estate, my last mortgage deal, and I thought, you know what? Maybe this is what God would have me to do. Yeah. And so uh, we started praying about it, and sure enough, I, I felt a strong leading toward that. The primary reason was because. Fan uh, and Paul and JD all had their real estate licenses, and it helped them with flipping houses. And initially, Mike, I did not want to be a realtor. Yeah. Um, from my perspective, I did not. Uh, I always thought that realtors were were, were lazy, um, and um, just not very ethical people. Yeah. Um, uh, by the way, you, you if if there's a snake in the road and a realtor in the road, you know how how to tell. Um, you know which one the car is you know with the skid marks in front of the snake right it's, it's, that's that's kind of that's kind of the joke right but um uh, so i so it's come to, to this for telling bad jokes i like it exactly so um so um i i thought you know what um maybe i can change the culture and so in 20 uh in november of 2011 uh, i started my uh, working on my getting my real estate license, um, doing the, the courses and stuff like that. And on January 31st of 2012, I took the uh, took the real estate exam and passed it the first time, uh, thanks to my wife. And uh, then my so my license is February 1st of 2012, and uh, that's kind of how I got got started in this business. Uh, like I said initially, I didn't want it to, to I didn't want to be a realtor. I wanted it to help me with real estate investing. And I thought, you know what? I'll, I'll cut my, my my teeth on a few deals. I mean, I've been in the mortgage business, so I, I it wasn't like I'd never seen a contract before, and I don't know what I'm doing. I knew what I was doing, and so you know what? I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna just um, uh, kind of cut my teeth a little bit, get some uh, get some income, get some money in the bank, obviously, and then I'll start flipping houses. 
And lo and behold, Mike, I loved what I did. Yeah. And so, you know, 12 years later, I still love meeting with people and I still love showing houses and I, I love doing the deal. And uh, God's got me in, in, in this uh, kind of in this groove. Um, and um, that's, that's kind of my story about how I got into it. So unpack that a little bit for me. So you say you love what you do. So, so give me some anecdotes or some, some, so my, my general perspective, Brian is in, and I think in my industry of mortgage lending and in the real estate industry, especially with social media that's going out right now um, and how we market ourselves, I don't think we do a great job in either of our industries um, really letting people understand, A, how much we care, but but for the most part, people don't understand what's going on behind kind of that curtain. So when you say you loved it, from a kind of behind the scenes perspective, what are the things, some of the things that you love in 2012 and through today, some stories about when, when you're driving home at night and you've got a smile on your face and you're thinking you had a great day at work, what, what are some of those things that you're landing on that made your day at work just so great? Wow. Um, I love helping people. Um, you know, I loved helping first time home buyers because yeah. I get to show, that's one of the reasons why I didn't, you know, like the mortgage business and, and I'll let you speak, you know, to, to, to that side. Sure. Um, but as far as from the real estate side, I get to show people where they're going to live, where they're going to raise their family, where they're going to, you know, play with their dogs in the backyard. Um, and I love it when I'm able to call somebody or text somebody and say, Hey, you got the house, you know, and congratulations and walk them through that process. Um, you know, I, 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 to your point, you know, we don't do, I don't believe that we as professionals don't do nearly a good enough job of, of really um, uh, communicating well enough with our clients, just how much people think it's just a paycheck and it's not, right, it's, right. it's, we want to help. I know you, Mike, and I know your heart and you know, my heart, we really want to help people. There's, there have been times where you, I know you have, uh, you have taken less of, uh, of a commission uh, to, to help somebody. And I know I have, I've given up my commission to, so that a deal can get put together. And um, we, you and I are, are cut from a different cloth. Uh, primarily, I believe because of what we talked about earlier, our worldview, we want to honor Christ in all that we do. And um, if that means taking less money, that's, it's, that's not what it's about. Obviously we have to provide for our families. The Bible says, if you don't provide for your, for your family, you're worse than an infidel. Right. Sure. And so, um, but when it, we do what we do, yes, as a, as a profession and as a career, but the, the benefit to, for me is that I get, to, I get to show people where they're going to live. I get to help them through that process. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, you can utilize and you can leverage that asset to, to build real wealth. And I think we'll talk about that um, either you know, later uh, or you know, at a, in, in a different time. Yeah. But that's what I love about the, that's what I love about this. I, I just love like you were talking about the legacy and the, 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 the wealth building and just to get somebody to understand, to take them from where they are to where they're uh, to where they're going to be uh, uh, eventually and using the asset of a home to do that is just incredible. Yeah. So the, the asset of a home, I, I, you're, you're touching on what I think is a really important part. Um, and, you know, obviously this isn't a political uh, podcast, so we're not going to get into politics, but whether you're, you're a liberal or a conservative, it, it doesn't matter. And you and I, neither of us care. But one thing that we're united on is, 
it, you know, it, it, this country is founded on concepts of generational wealth and legacy. So wherever your your bent or your persuasion is in our society, home is foundational to it. And one of the ways in which people, whatever their viewpoints are, can be effective and affect change is you have to have a good home and you have to have generational wealth and legacy so that you can serve and be in the community in any way you want. And, and I know we're like-minded on that. And that's, that's what I love about real estate. And that's, what's important about real estate is I don't, I don't care what somebody's uh, political religious views. It just doesn't really matter to me. Uh, I've got my own and that's fine. But, but we do have a responsibility as, as lenders and real estate agents to, to help people create legacy for their kids and their grandchildren um, so that they can continue their, their freedom in their life. And I think real estate and lending is really a foundational in our, in our country. So I, I'm assuming you agree with me on that, but, uh, hundred percent. Right? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So, so question for you. So in our, in our final few moments here, um, you know, you've got a unique perspective, Brian, because you've been doing this for a lot, a long time, a lot longer than I have. The market right now is really tough. This is a challenging market um, for a whole bunch of reasons. But, but we've been here before. And when, I, when I'm talking to my clients and my customers and other real estate agents, lenders, there's this kind of sense that we're in this uncharted water, that we're in this space right now that, A, we've never been in before, et cetera. And, and what I kind of tell people is, look, guys, I was in, going into my freshman year of high school in 1979, 1980, and interest rates are 19%. Um, so kind of talk to me about what you're experiencing today versus where you've been in the past. And um, yeah, it's a tough market. I, I'm, neither of us are going to sugarcoat anything here. But my sense is you can share some stories and some anecdotes about that you've been here before because you have 1995. You went through Y2K. You went through the depressions. You went through 2000, 2006. You lived and thrived and made it in this industry in the hardest, probably, well, one of the most difficult real estate times in 2008 through 2012. So kind of share with me some of your ideas on on my little uh, my little dialogue there. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you're right. It's kind of funny that I got out of the mortgage business right as <laughs> you know, stuff was starting to improve. Exactly. You know? Yeah, for sure. And so, um, but when I started in, in, on the real estate side, you know, we were just coming out of that and, um, you know, it was a little bit difficult and, and uh, it was more of a, it was more of a buyer's market than a seller's market uh, for sure. Sure. And then, um, you know, we started to see kind of that shift a little bit. Um, and then in 20, probably around 20, you know, 15, but 2016 is really hang on one second. Let me, let me, let me back up. So when you say it's a buyer's market versus a seller's market, most people who haven't lived it don't really understand what you're saying. So for it to be a buyer's market, you yes. lived through massive devaluation in home prices from 2008 through 2000, 2000, really, they didn't start increasing till 2012. Right. So so everybody's probably hearing you say, oh, you know, I wish it was a buyer's market. Now I kind of say, hang on a second. Got to be careful for what you wish for because people like you lived through that buyer's market. And it probably wasn't as great as people might think. I mean, am I right or wrong? No. I, I wasn't doing it then. No, 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 no. You're absolutely right. Um, it's in the, the, the primary reason that, I mean, the, 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 just the definition of a buyer's market means there's, there's more sellers than there are buyers. And that means that your house that you're trying to sell is worth less as well. 
Right. You know what I mean? And so, um, and right now we're definitely in a seller's market. Uh, Mike, you can, you can uh, talk more uh, about what the actual numbers are, but I think, uh, I think the statistic is we're 1.5 million units a year short of where we need to be just to keep up with, with household creation. You are correct. 1.5 million units short. So there's a, there's a housing shortage, which, which means that it is a seller's market. So um, as buyers coming in, there's, there's, no, there's no inventory. Right. And so we're, we're very little inventory. And so what we have to do is we have to try to create inventory. We have to try to, to be creative um, in doing that and uh, taking people from you know, either move up buyers or move down buyers um, or people that are renting, uh, helping them to, to, to see the, the, the value in purchase, being able to purchase their own, their own property. And uh, like I said, we've, we can, we can talk more at length, um, you know, about, uh, about different strategies in sure. order to do that. Yeah. But um, you know, my experience from, from coming into the business in 2012 was that um, it was, it was more of a buyer's market. And then I, I saw that transition. I, I lived through the transition into a seller's market. Um, and um, you know, I actually, Mike, it, it's, it's all in perspective, right? I actually love this market right now. I think it's it's it allows us to be more. Are things more expensive right now? Yes, they are. Um, but there's also a better opportunity for more wealth building and more equity gain in this market than there was before. There just is. So, so you've you've lived through the doom and gloom. I've lived through the doom and gloom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I think that's interesting and. You know, you say, uh, yes, things are more expensive. They, they are. There's no question that's true. But what the hard thing that people, I'll make this statement, and you tell me if you think I'm right or wrong. I, I already know the answer because I know you. But what people aren't understanding is when interest rates start to come down, and they're going to come down, things are going to get more expensive. And it, it, why is that? I mean, you know, it, it, when rates come down, what's, what's your world going to turn into from, uh, from a real estate agent's perspective? There's just going to be more buyers uh, competing for less inventory. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and I, I think that's the perspective that I'm, I'm trying to kind of bring through this podcast because I work with so many agents like yourself that have, have been doing this uh, for many, many years. And, one of the, the the kind of precepts that I have is we have to look at real estate through a linear linear kind of progression of time because when we look at real estate as today interest rates are seven and a half, you know, I'm making that number up, but seven and a half percent. And we say, I, I'm going to wait or I'm not going to buy. I think we're losing sight of kind of, you know, the experience of real estate and building wealth and legacy of time. And that's kind of why I'm starting my podcast with this series on perspectives of the past, because the stories that people like you tell, you have a perspective that started in 1995, and you have been through worse real estate markets than we're in today. Correct. Yeah. So a yep. cu- couple, f- couple final thoughts here. Uh, you know, what, uh, first off, we never said where, where you work. So t- tell me what communities you work in, because you're in multi-states just like I am. Yes, sir. So uh, I'm currently licensed in Colorado. That's my primary. I live in Castle Rock, Colorado. Yep. Uh, the furthest south um, that you can get and still be considered Denver Metro is what I tell people. We're almost dead center between Colorado Springs and Denver. Yep. So in Castle Rock, Colorado, I primarily take care of Douglas County uh, and El Paso County, which is Colorado Springs. But I do go all over the state. I've, I've, I've done it all. 
Um, And so I'm also licensed in Florida, and I'm also licensed in North Carolina. And so uh, soon, hopefully, knock on wood, uh, to be licensed also in Illinois and Indiana, but that's coming down the road. So uh, real quick, um, mm-hmm. do you see big differences in those three state markets, or do you think kind of the overwhelming trends of what's going on in the real estate market today is the same? So do you see different pockets of opportunity, or how does managing three different states work for you and, and how you run your business? Well, no, that's a great question. And and generally speaking, yes, it's, it's pretty much the same. It's the same market. Um, everybody gets their rates from the same place. You know, there's no blue light special on money. Uh, so the, you know, as far as the interest rates goes, uh, Denver is a tough market because Denver is very expensive. Um, you look at the, the, the panhandle of Florida is less expensive. You look at different pockets, different areas in North Carolina uh, are less expensive. So it's, 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 um, it's cheaper to buy homes in, in those areas uh, than it is in, in Denver. But there's, there are, there's also a greater appreciation uh, perspective uh, in, in, in the Denver area because let, let me give you a for instance. Yeah. If the market is, is going up, say, 10%, which it's not right now, but if, let's say it's going up 10% in Denver and a median home price in Denver is 600000 well, 10% in a year, that's $60,000. Yep. Um, if you're in the panhandle of Florida, you know, you can, you know the, the median home price there is probably 200000 250000 and so now your equity gain is $25,000, that same 10%. Yep. North Carolina, same thing, right? So there's more, there's more growth opportunity. There's more uh, equity gain um, in. So, so here's what I'm. Here's what it boils down to for me. And this is not a sales pitch, but it's like I'm trying to help my, especially my Colorado clients, to see, hey, this is how much equity you have in your house right now. Pull out that equity from that home and buy an investment property. Yeah. Buy something that's going to continue to 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 gain in value. As and you're the one that, that really, uh, really uh, hammers on amortization and appreciation. Yep. Those two things. Um, and between those two things, that's where the real, real wealth is built. And so that's what I encourage my clients to do. And we've got tools available and stuff like that. If, if your listeners want to reach out to me, I've got some tools available to, to help people to see, okay, is this a smart investment? Yeah. Short-term uh, rentals, uh, medium-term rentals, long-term rentals. Those are those are what I'm what I'm big on right now uh, in this market. Yeah. So, um, and that's a great segue because uh, I'll just give a, a little uh, preview. My my next series is going to be focused on investing and investors. And so, just a, a preview for all our listeners out there is Brian's going to be another guest coming back on because as as he already talked about, he started this game in flipping and investing houses. That's how we got into real estate, as you remember from he told our story earlier. So we're going to look at those opportunities because I think that's another great, there are great stories to tell there in building generational wealth and legacy. And there's huge opportunity because we are at historic levels of equity in homes in the United States right now. So this perspective from the past, you have to understand in 2008, when we went through just the horrific housing crash, there's many reasons for that crash, but that crash came about because in essence, none of the houses were collateralized and they didn't, there was no equity in the homes. Now in 2023, we're in, in a completely different scenario in which there's huge equity in homes. Yes, rates are high, but there's massive opportunity to leverage that equity and that wealth and to help us get through this difficult time. So my point there is no matter what cycle we're in in real estate, there are leverages and advantages in the marketplace that you want to take advantage of. And that's, and that's the stories and the perspectives that we're trying to tell here 
on this podcast. So, Absolutely. Brian, before we hang up and go on, hey, listen, I can't tell you how much I'm so thankful you've shared so much of your time with us this afternoon. And I do want to give a perspective of time. So we're, we're recording this in September of 2023. Uh, so everybody can, we get a little timestamp on this, but anything you want to share here, Brian, before we let you go. And then thank you so much again for kind of sharing your, your thoughts and your history and your background, and your story. It's, it's so appreciated. Yeah, Mike, I appreciate the opportunity to kind of, uh, kind of share my story and, and, and my perspective. It's all about, uh, it's all about perspective, right? Yeah. Uh, you're, you, you, you look at the past and what happened in the past. And if, if you're somebody who's listening to this podcast right now and you're like, you know what, I, I just can't get into this market. I can't, you know, talk to Mike, talk to me, talk to, talk to a professional and let us show you how you can, uh, how you can use, use and utilize this market to, uh, to build a generational wealth because the, the, the things from the past should, uh, shed light on things for the future, right? No question. So just because, just because uh, you know, things happened in the past and, and uh, you know, like, like you talked about earlier, uh, you know, we've never been in this way. We absolutely have been in this type of market before. We've been in worse. And so uh, it's all, it's all in a matter of your perspective. Like I said, there's some of my, my colleagues that are just like doom and gloom and, you know, the sky is falling and things like that. And, and those of us who are going to stick it out and we will stick it out um, are saying, are, are just finding those opportunities. And there are opportunities here, but you have to work with a professional. You have to work with somebody who has that same perspective, just like, a, um, like Mike, somebody like me who has that uh, perspective of, uh, you know, we're going to try to, we're going to help you to build the wealth uh, for your family. It's not about yourself, right? It's about, about your, the Bible says that a, that a righteous man leaves an inheritance, not just to his children, but to his children's children. And that's what we're trying to do. Brian, thank you so much for joining us on Mosaic, the stories of real estate. I will talk to you soon, my friend, and we're going to have you back up here again in a, in a few uh, episodes down the road talking about investing. So thanks. Thanks, my friend. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you, Mike. Thank you. Yep. Thanks for joining us on Mosaic, the stories of real estate. And a big thank you, as always, to Rogue Media Network and their support of this podcast. They're so appreciated. My name is Mike Nelson. I'm the CEO of Efficient Lending Incorporated, a mortgage company located in Colorado, Texas, and Florida. You can reach us at YouTube at Efficient Lending or on Facebook at Efficient Lending. And of course, I always love a phone call at 720-419-3016. Email works as well at mike at efficientlending.net. Efficient Lending Incorporated, NMLS 1876539. And my individual NMLS number is 1314188. As always, thanks for listening to Mosaic, the stories of real estate. And we look forward to connecting with you again on a future episode. This has been a Rogue Media Network 